0: Hello and welcome. Well, did you know that it's common for approximately 40% of first-time mums not to be intimate a great deal after their baby is born? Interesting stat, huh? Well, the good news is that this is just a phase and a stage that so many relationships go through. Another question for you. Now, did you know that more marriages break up in the first 18 months after childbirth than any other time? And although that there are no surveys at all, it is safe to to assume that the intimacy or the lack of it is a major contributing factor. And that's why it is so important to understand what is happening and to have an honest and open conversation about it. And that's what we're here to do today with our special guest, Debbie Rivers. Now, Debbie will be sharing insights to help all new parents uh, help keep your relationship strong and make uh, better relationship choices towards consideration, compassion, and empathy. Now, just a little bit about our guest. Debbie. Debbie is an internationally accredited Relationship expert who works with singles and couples, and her passion is in enabling parents and people to create and maintain healthy relationships. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm
1: great, thanks for having me.
0: This is really, really interesting and insightful conversation to be having. And before we sort of get stuck into all the details, I just wanted to acknowledge that we had published your article. And the title is Sex After Childbirth. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and what inspired you to write it?
1: Uh, Look, I think that, you know, we live in a world of Facebook and Instagram where we see everyone's life is perfect. You know, people have a baby and they go back to pre, you know, childbirth weight and sex life and everything is great. But the reality for a lot of couples is that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, you think that you're going to have this, you know, everything's going to go back to normal. And no one really warns you what having a baby is like. I don't even think you realize what you know what tiredness is until you have one. You know, and, and sex is this thing. So in the article, I talk about, you know, some of the things that can go wrong and how you can avoid those going wrong in your relationship. Because sex is this really small part of a relationship. When it's good, everything's good. And when it's bad, everything's bad. So kind of knowing how to navigate that at a time where, I mean, childbirth changes your life more than any other event, doesn't it? So kind of knowing what to expect and having some of those conversations, maybe to prevent the problems, you know, like you read that 18... Most marriage, biggest amount of marriages fail after eighteen months, and forty percent of people aren't having much sex in the first year after childbirth. If you know when people understand that that's what's happening for other people, they don't feel like there's something wrong with them or they're alone, and it can save the damage to the relationship. And you know, having a great relationship impacts your kids and every area of your life. So. You know, my passion is to help people avoid those problems.
0: Yeah, we're really grateful for your, for your help today as well um, with this chat. Now, to begin with, I'd love to know from your perspective, you know, what um, impact do you think childbirth actually has on couples and relationships? And what have you experienced, I guess, with all of the, the, the couples that you've worked with over the years?
1: Yeah, yeah look, for one the woman's body changes so she's not feeling sexy how she would before. Mm -hmm. Uh, The guy often feels shut out because he might have been the centre of her life and all of a sudden she's caring for this other whole human becoming, right? Of course, yes. Yep. the relationship changes a lot and, you know, a lot of self-esteem issues come in at that point. And I think when couples don't talk about this stuff, that's when the problems can come up. Mm -hmm. So you know, guys, it, it's really weird. Guys feel love through sex. And when it dries up <laughs> after, after childbirth, they don't understand. They don't logically understand what's happening. So being able to have some of those honest conversations will pre- prevent those problems. Mm-hmm. So
0: in your experience, what have you found, I guess, some of the more common uh, challenges that couples experience?
1: Well, basically the lack of sex. So when they're not having sex, the guy's not feeling loved. Yep. They're they're feeling, uh, you know, the woman's feeling overwhelmingly exhausted. So she's not feeling particularly loved, you know, getting caught up in this baby. And I think knowing too, right, so when you have a baby, you produce, especially if you're breastfeeding, prolactin, which suppresses your sex drive and your libido altogether. Yep. And it's nature's way of stopping getting pregnant again. <laughs> and it's also, you know, to to ensure the health of that baby. So it yep, is nature's absolutely. way of doing that and it's really normal. So if you know it's a normal thing and to mm-hmm. expect it and you can have some of those honest conversations around it, you can prevent the man feeling rejected, the woman not feeling loved because... One of the biggest problems is for women, it feels like sex is another thing to do at the end of the day. And yes. because the hormone levels are so down, she's got no drive to have sex. So she's starting to feel like there's something wrong with her. Whereas if you realise that it's whole, nature's whole way of, you know, ensuring the survival of the human race, it, it has a different perspective. And, and I think that if you can be affectionate and kind and loving to one another even if you're not being intimate and having sex that can have you know a really profound effects save a lot of, in the relationship yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Those problems, yeah. 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 So
0: in the article, you list some of the reasons um, for the lack of intimacy um, with new parents, which I'd love to to just really briefly sort of talk through with you now. Um, And the first Mm. one you you mentioned is is feeling overwhelmed that they are responsible for a a whole new um, human being, which you mentioned earlier. Um, Also, that that, that sex feels like another responsibility that you just don't have time for, which you also just mentioned. Um, Of course, the fear about... um, sort of falling pregnant again, which you mentioned that um, I guess human nature has a way of (laughs) ensuring that 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 doesn't happen. (laughs) But
1: not always, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there could be issues from the birth, including being stitched um, and or, you know, just... it actually sort of been painful and it's not feeling the same. And finally, that there's the fact that breastfeeding, as you just mentioned, lowers um, a, a woman's sex drive because she's producing, is it prolactin? Is that how, how you pronounce yeah. it? Prolactin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, that, so I think, I think if, if you know those things, it, it kind of ahead of time so you don't feel like there's something wrong with you because we are surrounded with Instagram, right? Perfect mothers with babies that are back to pre-body weight and you, you feel like you know this isn't normal, and I think, particularly for the men, they don't talk about it like women do. No, so when they're not getting sex, they feel so alone and so unloved, and their life has just changed. So, if you can't find a way to talk about that, you can't navigate it. And I look, there's some studies where they found that couples who talk about sex frequently and often have more sex and more orgasms than those that don't. So being able to even, I think for the woman, I, you know, I remember when I, have, I, I had two kids within, you know, 16 months and I remember being exhausted. And, and I I would hate my husband even to hug me at that time because I felt like a hug would mean that, that I was going to have to do something that I was too tired for. Yeah. But I think if there's a lot of touching and affection without any expectation that also changes it absolutely and i wanted to ask also yeah.
0: have you found that after seeing the birth of a baby that it can leave some men sort of feeling weird about being intimate in general as well
1: yes yes <laughs> because because they they don't want to see that coming out of there like yes. it changes their whole view of it so yeah for some I've heard that, the
0: saying that um yeah. some men feel like it's like seeing their their favorite pub burn down or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's very true. <laughs> so maybe just stand at the opposite end
0: I don't know. What <laughs> so I mean, what's been your experience with how sort of men um and fathers generally feel about that then? And being into it well, after seeing the birth of a baby.
1: <laughs> well, and it's funny. For some, it's a big deal. For others, they just go, "Oh my god, that's a miracle that you know we've created a whole other life." So they're able to, as men can be very good at, put it in a box and forget about it. So I, I suppose for those that have seen it. I would get them not to focus on that so much because if you focus on it and focus on it.
0: (laughs) They think about it so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then getting back to tiredness,
0: which you were just speaking about before, I mean, how can couples stop tiredness, I guess, affecting, um, you know, their ability to be able to be intimate?
1: Well, I think being able to talk about household chores. There was another study that says couples who share housework are more likely to stay married. So, being it's very sexy for the guy to help with the housework, and he's going to get more sex in the end because he's being supportive and helpful. So, I also believe that communication is the key around anything. Don't leave these things to chance. Really talk about the household chores, what you're going to do, because there is the assumption, right, that you've had a baby and you've got more time. But the reality is, especially if you're breastfeeding, you can feel like you're continually feeding a baby and you've got no time for anything. So being able to understand that and not think that she can do everything because she's got this much time because it doesn't work that way, does it?
0: Of course, and you know, overall, and you mentioned earlier, you know, the birth of a baby is that transformational experience um, for yeah. both for both parents. Um, but obviously, for a mum, it's more of a from a physical perspective, and it can leave a lot of women feeling different yeah. about themselves. That being, that they don't necessarily feel sexy. You know, they, they they may you know have them feeling like a mother more than a partner. So, I just wanted to know, from your perspective, how can women Best overcome, I guess, feeling like this then?
1: Look, I think they need to be able to have some time for them. So they're not just with the baby all the time. And again, the guy can do a lot to make his partner feel sexy by those shows of affection without it going anywhere. So I would say don't lose yourself when you have the baby. Have some time to allow yourself the time to feel good. Know that it'll pass too. Like that first year, especially your first baby, everything changes more than anything else. So be kind and patient with yourself that you don't have to measure up to anyone else and you don't have to be a certain way. The sexy will come back. Those hormone levels, because the hormone levels suppress how you feel about yourself too. So just being kind to yourself will allow and give yourself time. Don't expect that you have to be the super me- woman that it's got to be back to how it was before normal. And, and I feel like a lot of women have this perfectionism thing that we have to have the perfect life, we have to be doing it all, and you absolutely don't. Yeah. You can ask for help. The house can be messier and, and maybe if the, the partner can understand that and not seek perfection. Open, open, you know, open so,
0: communication. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's solved so much. And, you know, in all of these things, kindness is the new black, be kind to each other. I love you know, that. if the guy comes home, don't expect the house to be perfect. And, and for the woman, don't criticize everything he does because he won't do it anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, the, that's the sort of get out of jail card, isn't it? You know, it you is. told me I can't do it. so I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to watch TV.
1: <laughs> look, i <laughs> I don't know about you. I have played that card too. <laughs> well. I insurance badly, so they had to do them. So then, <laughs> then I asked me to do it again, <laughs> love that.
0: Now, in general terms, I'd love to know from your perspective why do you think, and you address um, expectations a lot in, in the article. So, yeah. why do you think that expectations really are the root of all heartache then between couples and in relationships? In the, in this well, case.
1: yeah. Look, I think in anything. So, if, so if you go to a movie, right, a hyped-up movie where you're expecting everything from it, you're let down and disappointed. Whereas you go to see the movie that you have no interest in, and it's a great experience. The more you expect, without that open communication, the more you're going to be disappointed. So, I think around the baby, we expect to feel a certain way, and often the reality doesn't match what we feel in our head. Mm-hmm. So keeping it real, and again, it, it comes back to if you can talk about how you're feeling and, and what matters to both of you, you can so save yourself a whole deal of heartache. Because I think, especially women too, we speak hint. We don't speak direct. We don't ask for what we want and what we need in a way that men can hear it. So we, we kind of will speak and assume that he'll know what we meant because another woman would, but guys don't. So be clear and be direct and get rid of the expectations because you save being disappointed. Because yes. people don't know what we're thinking and often we project what we think and feel onto them. They have no idea. So being clear and letting go of that expectations is everything in every area of your life really.
0: So it's not realistic to expect that your body will magically, you know, return back to pre-body shape easily, oh God, like no. All of those 20, you know, the, the, the lung, the younger sort of girls on Instagram as well. And that maybe that yeah. your baby will definitely sleep throughout the night. Um, it's it's unrealistic for us to think this when uh, even mm-hmm. as adults, we don't necessarily sleep throughout the night ourselves. Exactly. Baby, babies can't self-soothe um, themselves. Yeah. So it's it's something that we've obviously learned throughout our, our lives as we wake yeah. up in middle of the night that we go back to sleep but for yeah. a newborn I mean they can't self self soothe yeah. um so unrealistic to think that they're going to sleep right throughout the night and then of course yeah. that you know that your sex life will return back to normal so <laughs> no there's, yeah. there's, all of these things may be true for some mothers but not all um but I think yeah. it's great advice that we really should let go of expectations and just be kind to ourselves as you mentioned yeah. earlier on as well I it mean I, great I, advice
1: Mm. kindness is is really the new black like
0: love this scene.
1: yeah and and those expectations it it passes it's a time in your life and don't compare yourself with anyone else
0: great advice
1: you know women get a support group of other women around you it does make it easier because you know that you're not alone and you know that you can see their experiences and go, well, no, one's, no one except those 20-something Insta models are perfect after a baby. Yes, so, absolutely. Be kind, <laughs> yourself, be kind to each other. <laughs> and you know what? We remember how people feel rather than how they make us look. So in a relationship, when you're kind and you're nice to each other, that stuff means so much more than when you're, whether your body is perfect because people don't notice that.
0: Absolutely.
1: And you've been mentioning
0: about the communication and having those um, open and honest conversations. So I wanted to know from your perspective, why is it so important to have open and honest conversations with your partner, just generally about how you're feeling?
1: Because they don't know. We we assume that the people who know us best will continue to know us, but the fact is they don't. We, we think people think how we do and we project those thoughts on, onto them. So unless we really talk about it, They don't know what we're thinking. They don't know what we're feeling. And without the ability to be able to do that, you know, a relationship is based on that. You know, when you first meet and you're in love and it's so magical because you're so interested in each other and you want to find out and talk about everything. As it goes on, we assume we know everything and we don't. You know, I talk to some older couples and I'm like, they're happily married for 30 years. They still don't know everything about each other. So you can always discover new things, and and love that, yeah. Um, It's funny, I ask couples if they know what each other's favourite chocolate bar is and most of them have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) My my,
0: my partner's all of them. I can put anything. We can't keep chocolate in this house because it just evaporates (laughs) apparently. (laughs) I hear what you're saying. Actually, I um, was doing some research um, for another podcast a few weeks ago and I came across um, just this list that you would ask on your first date and it's really interesting interesting that there's so many of these open-ended questions that we wouldn't even necessarily know to ask our partner that we've been with for so many exactly. years um, exactly so you know that's a really great um, opportunity for for any couple irrespective of how yeah. we've been together just google um you know great um sort of questions to ask on a first date uh, and um, I've started asking Steve a few of them. Um, just, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's just interesting to see their perspective because you assume, you know, as you said about your partner, yeah. you
1: don't necessarily, you know, you know, don't. know everything, you know. But from Have you looked up the 34 questions to fall in love? No. So a a psychologist and if you ask again in a relationship because you you fail to know all of that stuff even to see how much you know it's fascinating
0: yeah it's as you said we make the assumption that we know these things about our partners but you don't necessarily which is great and I think men overall from an emotional perspective mean they can be empathetic um yeah it's unfair for us to expect that they can completely understand the physical and mental changes that a woman, woman oh. body goes through i mean you can't assume they, that they're going to understand
1: what no they're, they're, they're never through. gonna i mean they're not at, at all <laughs> <So> <laughs> because you, it's such a big thing right
0: absolutely but they, they're built obviously completely physically different as well so you can't assume <laughs> that they understand what we're feeling um overall exactly.
1: exactly and that's that's where being able to talk about i i recommend this book for, for couples it's um eight dates by the Gottmans. yes so have you have you seen it? No, I haven't. So, so oh,
0: who, who's actually, the author?
1: Um, John and Julie Gottman. They studied um, couples and their relationships for forty years, and they can predict which couples will work and which won't with ninety four percent accuracy. Okay, and and anything it comes you can down to this? Yeah. yeah. Look, it comes down to full communication styles. So they talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So if you have uh, criticism blame contempt or stonewalling they're bad signs in your relationship so you know not accepting blame when someone tells you you're doing something wrong or treating someone with contempt or not hearing them are are not good signs so being able to communicate and they wrote the book the eight dates and they're for people that are in relationships and they've set out eight specific dates that you go on and they've given you questions to ask each other and it's around the big things like there's one whole section on sex and you go and you you talk about it in a really honest and open way in a way most couples never do you know and there's around money and um, dreams so they've got eight specific areas that couples struggle in and you just go say once a month and do one of these dates and it's an amazing fantastic so what's do. the name of the book again sorry deb could you hold okay, it up it's the eight dates the eight by dates john by john Gottman. Gottman. the eight yeah. dates by highly john recommend Mann. it awesome
0: yeah. great tip and you've also mentioned that unless i guess couples have an open heart to heart um and are willing to speak openly about their feelings that they're most most likely to have no idea as we we're just saying about how the other person's yeah. feeling in general yeah. um and that men communicate differently to women as well, which is which you alluded to at the start of what we we're saying. So, I mean, what tips can you give to other women to um, communicate, I, I guess, sort of best with their partner in a way that yeah. that they would be open to, I guess,
1: <laughs> and yeah, understand? Look, what women tend to do is they do fall into this criticising or making the guy feel wrong. Mm-hmm. So... When when you talk, it should be about how you feel and not blame statements. So I usually teach people how to use I statements rather than you. So to give you an example, it would, you know, if you used a you statement, uh, I'm really unhappy, you're always on the phone, you make me feel like crap all the time. Or, you know, I don't, I feel sad when I don't, when you're, distracted by your phone. So saying I feel sad is about you and it's not directing the blame on the other person. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about I feel rather than you always or you never or you. Okay. So in
0: in, in saying the word you, you're you're passing the blame on to your partner. But when you say I'm feeling this, it flips it a little bit.
1: Yeah. And it should really be like not a judgment. Say say if you were looking forward to spending time and, and the person didn't come home. You know, I, I felt really disappointed. I was so looking forward to seeing you. Whereas if you go, Well, you always let me down, you're you're useless. It feels really different. You're saying the same thing. And yes. it's often not what you say, it's how you say it.
0: A hundred percent. And even just I could feel the difference in your energy tone of voice. The tone and in just the way that you said those those two phrases is really quite powerful. Um, yeah. and I wanted to ask, you know, in your experience also, you know, what changes have you found that men go through after the birth of a baby um, on, on, on their end? We're speaking a lot about what women go through with, with their the physical changes, the emotional, the hormonal. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, what, what have you found that men go through and how can women best recognise what's actually going on for them?
1: Yeah. Okay, so for men, before it would say, especially with the first baby, it's the two of you, they're the centre of your world. All of a sudden... Men can feel shut out when a baby's born. They can feel like they're not needed, they're not wanted, they're not valued, which is particularly hard because how mm. do they talk about that when they do see that their wife is exhausted and tired and dealing with this, this you know, change? So they feel displaced but they don't really have a voice to be able to talk about it. So like I said before, a lot of men feel like they're not loved anymore, they're not needed their use has ended. And like I said, for men, men see sex as being loved and the lack of sex. And if it just dries up, if they've had this wonderful sex life and then there's nothing, they feel unloved as well as their whole world's changed. Do you know what I mean? There's no more going out like they used to. Their wife's tired. They're getting sleepless nights. and, And... I think because they don't have an outlet to be able to express some of this stuff, for many of them, they just say it's really tough. They they just, it doesn't feel great. And because the woman's going through all of these changes, no one really thinks about what the guy's going through either.
0: Of course. And that that would be sort of quite natural because, you know, I guess the focus is on the health and well-being of the newborn um, and also any other changes that she's going through and possibly just not feeling like herself also. Um, Yeah. But generally most men after witnessing the birth of the baby generally experience and feel a a deeper love for their partner and in in awe of what um, the woman's body has gone through and what she's been able Mm -hmm. to achieve but um I think as you you keep mentioning the communication is extremely um crucial for that for for the relationship to thrive um but also you know speaking now about the mum again I guess the maternal and emotional bond between mother and child develops from the womb and strength strengthens as she's you know in almost in all cases I guess the primary caregiver and this understandably can make some dads feel left out as well yes yeah Um, yeah so and you mentioned that earlier on that that men aren't always necessarily prepared for this so how can mothers um help prevent this from happening
1: overall well I think I think include the guy don't shut him out understand because when you're planning for that baby you're doing it all together you know you go out and buy the the cot, the pram, you're talking about it, and all of a sudden he can feel shut out. So the more you bring him into that and allow him you know to to look after the baby without having to do it per- perfectly. and then it doesn't feel so shut out, like it's yeah. something that you're doing together, and it's something that's important that you're doing together. And again, it comes down to communication and including them. And, and talking about how it feels a little bit rather than assuming you know how each other feels. Yes. And because it is one of the biggest transitions you're going to go through.
0: Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. And do you have any other advice to help mums uh, keep the connection equally strong with the father to help prevent, I guess, any longer lasting issues from developing? Yeah. Um, or, and yeah. does it just keep going back to communication again? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well,
1: I, I think... You know, the, the, in the, the research that the Gottmans did around babies, they said that the relationships that thrived were the couples that weren't... Sometimes the relationship can be child-centred rather than couple, you know, like a family. Yes, so it, yes. It, it should be don't just put all the attention on the child and your to-do lists and outcome focus. Build that rich attention, affection, intimacy that doesn't have to be in the bedroom if that makes sense because that's what builds a healthy relationship and children want to grow up seeing that in their parents which gives them the best possible chance in the future of healthy relationships so instead of being so focused on that child be focused on 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 each other as well because that will make a strong relationship
0: yeah, is and you mentioned love? that men, you know, need some form um, of demonstration of love, and it doesn't always have to be about intimacy. It can be a touch, yeah. it could be a hug, a kiss, um, even just a simple sign of affection. Um, and you can still just, you know, flirt and those types of things as well. I mean, yeah. It's,
1: it's yeah.
0: nothing better than a child seeing, as you said, the demonstration of what a, a relationship is, is of their parents being in love um, and being exactly. affectionate as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, wear some rose-coloured glasses rather than criticising each other. And and I think some of the research said every time you walk past your partner, just touch them or give them a kiss or say you love them. And couples that do that often have the most healthy relationships. So it really is the small things that matter And and we overlook them, right? A hundred percent, we do, and
0: I yeah. found it really interesting. I just, I just had had a thought um, going back to what you're saying about the polls and the research as well. You, you do reference them both of both of them in the article, mm-hmm. um, but you've mentioned that sharing household chores was the top three highest ranking yeah. issues associated yeah. with stressful. Uh, sorry, not stressful, but the opposite, rage. Sorry, but yeah. a successful <laughs> marriage.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and overall, I guess the um. The, the most common arguments were about housework. So this is something yeah, yeah. that is, is a very big focal point for relationships. Yeah. Can you maybe just expand on this a little bit more?
1: Okay, so the research, I'm just quickly referring to it.
0: Yeah, so you've yeah. got... Pew Research poll in 2007,
1: yeah, household, yeah.
0: household chores was in the top three highest ranking issues associated with a successful marriage. Yep. Uh, so only to faithfulness and um really great intimacy.
1: Which is which is huge, right? <laughs> so again, that that working out who will do what and how that's gonna look. And if if you can't work it out, go get a cleaner. <laughs> It's probably the best money that you'll ever spend and it'll save your marriage. So I, I sometimes think we get hung up in having to do it all, having to be everything. But
0: just be more it outcome focused. Solution,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just get a cleaner for two hours a week. It can save your marriage. It can be that simple. And and again, I think it's that perfectionism. A lot of women are their own worst enemies. So they'll want a guy to help. And like I said, they'll criticize him for doing it. And then he doesn't do it anymore because anything he does isn't good enough. So being able to, I don't know, women don't like this, right? Because we do everything without any reward. But sometimes appreciating when a guy does something will make him want to do it again. I find, right? I find a lot of women might whinge at guys going, I want you to put garbage out. I want you to put the garbage out or pick up the dog or whatever it is, then when he does it, he comes in all proud and goes, I did that for you. And she doesn't even notice. <laughs> he goes, well, what's the point, right? <laughs> so men love appreciation and they love it when you notice what they do. Yeah. Women, women don't, I mean, we like it but we just, I don't know, we don't tend, we just get on with it, right? But when you've asked a guy to do something, appreciate what he does. He'll do more of it because that feels good for him. And I know that as women we get stubborn and go, why the hell should we have to thank them for what should be what they're doing anyway? Yet the fact of it is it'll make them do it more. And, you know, sometimes when you're complaining about the, you know, the rubbish not being put out, there's a bigger underlying issue that's going on that you're angry about that you probably need to resolve. Good point. you know, you're probably feeling like your needs aren't being met and you're not being heard. But that, again, comes back to being clear and not speaking hint all the time yes. and definitely appreciating what he does. 100%. It
0: will make a hundred percent. Because
1: it will make a difference. And a bit like, no, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about how when, when you have pets, you reward them, don't you? And then yes, they, you do. Yeah, absolutely. they get into the habit of doing something. So. <laughs> <laughs> not now, suggesting it's the same <laughs> <laughs> now i just wanted to go back to what you're saying
0: about kindness lastly you've shared some really yeah. helpful tips about the need for kindness in a relationship um and you've mentioned some phrases which i love that kindness is is the new black and kindness yeah. is the super glue of love which um i think yeah. is, is very true and i think it's a very powerful state statement also so can you maybe just expand a little bit more on this for, for us at the moment yeah
1: look I, I saw some research recently, too, that out of 64,000 women, mm-hmm. the, the five top things that they wanted in a man and they found attractive, yeah. the number one thing was kindness. 90% of women want kindness from a man. That's
0: incredible. That's
1: 90%. 90%. And they did it over 180 countries. So it's huge. So oh, gosh! How about, many
0: people would have been in that survey then overall? Yeah, it was it was
1: it was huge, and one of the biggest ones that they've done about what women want. Mm-hmm. And it's not about looks; it's not about muscles. We want the guy that's kind. Yes. So when you in, infuse kindness, yep. you know, kind. Oh, sorry, turn that off. Kindness is that. Yeah. You're not judging. You're not criticizing the person. And look. Yep. The one place you could wear rose-coloured glasses is when you see your partner. Yes. Try to always see the best in them. Try not to continually focus on their bad points or criticise them to anyone. See the good. Be kind to them and you get kindness back. So I, yes. I think instead of choosing judgement or harsh words, choose to be kind.
0: Yes, So if we find ourselves getting angry or wanting to blame or show contempt, manage, we have to manage ourselves better.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think so. And I think sometimes that comes down to the expectation. He's not doing this again. He didn't know he had to do that. Yes. Do do you know what I mean? As women, we go, oh, well, we'd automatically go pick up all the toys and we would, you know, go put the washing on. And Uh he doesn't think to do that. So understanding that he's not you. Yes. Well, will help that. And I think about being clear, if you have, I mean, I know that in one area I've never had an issue is with household chores because I've always gone, okay, what do you want to do? What can I do? And we split it and it's never an issue. Whereas a lot of people don't talk about it, don't work out, well, you know, it really matters if you can do this. Could you help me with this? Yes. They're not near and direct, but they're also not understanding the other person. So maybe for the the man that's gone out, (laughs) maybe he's had a sleepless night with you and he's had an awful day at work. Maybe he does want to just come and sit down for half an hour and regroup, Uh, understand what the other person needs, which is also kindness. Yes. So, yeah, I I think by seeing it differently.
0: Have some consideration for the other person. It's very important. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think think sometimes I look at relationships and go, it would be so easy. If we did what the other person wanted and they did what we wanted, there'd be no issues. So (laughs) listen, but you know, if you listen to what really matters to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is a very simple formula formula
0: that we probably just overlook all the time. when we're all about ourselves and what we want, as opposed to flipping it and actually saying, well, what do they want? And it's going to make them happy. And if they're going to do it I want we're going to equally be happy. So there's just going to be this harmony <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> rather than people why can get it be happy? this easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it could be Cause it is when you first meet, right? Well, it is so happy, right. But I think we all we, about
0: them and you're all about their needs and what they're interested in making them. And happy. they're all
1: about yours. So if you kind of continue to do that, continue to, I think um, the research says that every, there needs to be a ratio of five to one in a, in a, relationship five Mm -hmm. positive interactions from one negative so anytime you say something awful say five good things but have that thing in your mind because it makes a huge difference and you save yourself so much damage and I, I think as women too we tend to hold on to things like you know the guy says he's sorry for something but we don't let it go there and then, do we? Because, <laughs> you know, he's probably going to do it again or it's going to do this. So when they do what we want, we don't always notice. We don't always accept sorry and we kind of keep it against them so they feel like they've got nowhere to go too. And it works the other way. It works both ways. It's Absolutely. not just human doing. Men, you know, do the same thing, to vice versa. So I think it's kind of that reciprocal that you both end up doing.
0: I like that five to one ratio. And and yeah. it's a question for ourselves, you know, when's the last time you said something nice to your partner and and complimented them or thanked them or, you know, in that yeah. in that respect gave them some positive energy and, and light and love. Um and what is that ratio? Is it five to one? Is it is it flipped? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> so Well, you know,
1: you've got to think about it, your relationship bank account, right? Why there's more money in it. You're fine, and you can override those bad times. When you're taking more withdrawals than there's anything in, that's when relationships fail.
0: Yes, that's, that's a really great way to think of it. So just keep making those sort of positive uh, like affirmations, that those those compliments, yeah. or whatever it is, and just work to that minimum five to one ratio. And yeah. a lot of the time, we'll just iron out a lot of those problems. And let's face it, a lot of the time, guys mm-hmm. are doing stuff that they don't even realize they're doing it wrong. And we just no, sort of you know. <laughs> And we're the ones that lose it over it. So, (laughs) like, what did I even do? What did I say? So, you know, yeah. Now, you've shared (laughs) some some fantastic strategies today how couples can best spend spend time and, I guess, you know, just focus positive attention towards their relationship. If you were to summarize, I guess, your key messages for anyone watching and listening, Deb, what would they be?
1: Okay. Look. Number one, let go of expectations and the need for perfection. Yes. Really share the household chores. Like, if you want a better sex life, share the household chores. I, I really think that being able to say, you know, small acts of affection, being able to say you love you often helps a relationship infuse kindness into everything. And, and know that this is a stage, knowing that having a new baby is a stage, it's normal to feel tired, it's normal to feel overwhelmed, be kind to yourself as well. And I, I think if it starts with us, if we can be kind to ourselves, and we're often our own worst critics, right? Yeah. So if we start there and then be kind, it changes, it changes everything.
0: Wonderful, wonderful advice. Now, if couples have got any questions for you and or they would like to reach out to you after this interview today, um, whereabouts can they find you?
1: They can find me, uh, website is debbirivers.com.au. So pretty simple.
0: Awesome. And we'll have that link in the show notes. Deb, I really loved the chat today and really hope for the opportunity to have another chat and a yeah, discussion in the not too distant future. Until then, stay, stay safe and i uh, speak to you soon. Thanks Thank again. You. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kiddypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.